All right, everybody, welcome to our latest Between the Races podcast on the MX Vice Network. Thank you, everyone, for listening and supporting the site. We really appreciate it. We'd first like to thank our sponsors in Fly Racing, Monster Energy, Fox, Parts Europe, Scott, Bell Helmets, Acherbys, ASV Performance, Kawasaki UK, KTM UK, O'Neill, and of course, even Strokes for all that incredible support. As without them, none of this would be possible. All right, for this episode, we have a special guest, backed by popular demand, Swedish MX2 hotshot, Isaac Gifting. How's life? And thanks for joining us, mate. Having me again. Awesome being here. Um, Yeah, life's all right. Back in Sweden, uh, as I said to you, we just got like 10 centimeters of snow here. So, yeah, I don't know if that's good or not, but yeah, it's all right. Not bad. Nah, cheers for taking the time, mate. And I'm also joined by MX Vice test rider and regular contributor on the podcast, Brad Wheeler. How's life? And thanks for joining us too, mate. Yeah, not too bad. Um, <clears throat> one of the little ones is uh, not feeling too great, so it's been of a lot of sleep this night. But um, yeah, it's overall everything's good. Been doing some sort of R and D for Scott Motorsports last weekend, so that's that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, just trying to get things moving for next year now. So we're uh, yeah, basically just trying to get things ready for twenty four. Yeah, mate, in full yeah. swing and. Yeah, for you, Isaac. How's the end of the season for you? Obviously, you had a few races there since we last spoke. You had that one at Majora when you went flying through the banners that sort of got a lot of traction all over the media there. And obviously, yeah, finished up with Madeley and the Nations, which looked like a mega weekend. Crazy stuff. Obviously, didn't quite go to plan for you and the team, but still busy end to the year, mate. And I guess you probably enjoy and have a little bit of time off, relaxing, going back home. And did you get the chance to, you know, sample the Paris cafes and do some sightseeing? Because you said you didn't really get a chance to do that, even though you were living there because of the hectic schedule. So how's it all been? No, it's been all right. I mean, the end of the season was busy, like you said. A lot of races, uh, a lot of traveling, but also very nice races. Like Majora was a pretty cool one, uh, especially with uh, with uh, Adamo and uh, Prado becoming champion, especially Adamo, like at his home place or like in Italy. It was pretty sick. And yeah, also when I went flying through the banners there, it was pretty cool. Uh, <laughs> I say one of the best moments for me this season. Uh, but yeah, just because it was a cool thing and I saved it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, otherwise, uh, now I'm just taking some time off and that's been nice. I, I didn't really spend much time in Paris uh, after Nations. I just, uh, just kind of went back here and uh, been taking it a little bit easy since then and uh, recovering a bit after the crash also um yeah i crashed there at the nations in the quality race some unfortunate came together with cold enough there um uh, yeah put an end to that weekend that was yeah i'm very disappointed about that any major injuries sustained from that mate or are you all good no i'm fine now i'm fine now uh just had a Thing with my shoulder there but yeah it was not bad so uh i'm good i'm good just a shame not being able to race there with the crowd that was there unbelievable it's like maybe once in a lifetime thing looked pretty awesome didn't it brad we obviously did a podcast on it and just yeah it looked just absolutely wild fans doing crazy things mate i'm sure you got wrapped up in it all and did the swedish ones come out in force as well mate obviously the lit kit looked pretty excellent all that cool stuff was going on around it so yeah just your take on it from the fans perspective and the vibe and the atmosphere oh it was just amazing like and also the, there's always like quite a lot of swedish people coming and 
the ones that are actually there, they're crazy as well, like with the chainsaws and everything and the smoke and the flags and yeah, they're all over the place. So no, nah, it was, it was a good experience. I even took, uh, I don't know if you've seen that on the, like the parade thing, I think it was on Friday in the afternoon, I jumped off the, jumped off the truck that we were riding on and I took the chainsaw and started with the crowd over there. Yeah. No, yeah, I think fun. uh I think whenever you have a nations in Europe, particularly in France, it, it that track where it's such a such a like a compact area, there's so many people just in that one space just creates such a good atmosphere. Rather than <clears throat> like places like Matley Basin is great, but you need a lot of people to to like fill that area. It's a big space to fill. And yeah, it sort of yeah. has the danger of looking a bit empty when there is a lot of people there, but just because it's such a big area, it's hard to get the same atmosphere as what you get at a place like Rene. But yeah, I mean, I was wasn't fortunate enough to, fortunate enough to go, but yeah, just looking from the telly, you kind of got <clears throat> got the gist of um how mad the crowd was. Obviously, just with with France being so dominant as well, just it just set up for a, just a, a mental weekend. But what's it like from a a rider's perspective? Is it is it a hassle to to go to the nations for you, or is it is it kind of what's the sort of the Swedish, um, uh, governing body like? Are they pretty helpful? Do they put their hand in their pocket at all? No, yeah, they're helpful. Definitely, it's not a hassle really. Like, and especially not for me because I enjoy doing it and a little bit organization and stuff. But also, my team was really helpful like fixing all the gear and making everything look nice. And uh, yeah, and especially this one, I was really motivated to do uh, with me moving up a class, going 450. Yeah. What was it like? Was that your first race, like big race on the 450? Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, and I didn't have much time on it before, just a couple of times on the bike. Uh, but I felt all right on the bike, like in the morning and stuff. Just in the race, I didn't get much time. I just done like two, three laps, and then yeah, I came together with Glenn uh, in the jump there. So that that was the end of it. Yeah, and obviously looking yeah. towards 2024, we sort of had a little chat about it. Obviously, nothing's finalised for you yet, mate. So I guess just in that process, it must be a pretty challenging thing to go through as a rider because you know you work so hard, you work your whole life for this, you know, to be a professional and to make it work. And it's just so difficult with the money side and the team side, and the, I guess the age rule as well. Moving up to MXGP as well, it makes things pretty difficult. I guess in an ideal world, you probably would have stayed with the VHR guys for another year in MX2 or a couple of years, but I suppose that's the way it is. So. How's the process going for you, mate? Pretty stressful, I'd imagine. But yeah, fingers crossed, we'll have some news to share on you soon, I guess. Yeah, I mean, of course, it's uh, it's a lot of work also, like in the off-season, getting everything together. Because uh, you want it to be as good as possible for you. And yeah, with me moving up to 450. But I enjoy moving up to 450, though. Uh, I'm really looking forward to riding the big bike. I think, I think it would suit me pretty well. And the days I've done on it, it felt very good, so... Uh, yeah, hopefully I'll get something together. Uh, but yeah, I mean I can get something together. I just want it to be, yeah, what what's best for me and find what's most motivating and where can I perform the best. So yeah, it's still a lot of work, and uh, I'm trying to trying to find something. So I'm still open for it. 
Yeah. No, nah, mate, we definitely look forward to seeing what comes next because obviously the 450 is an exciting, you know, move in your career, moving up, even though you have to, it's just the way it is in the MXGP world. But it's pretty cool, mate. What are your favourite things about the bike so far? Obviously, being a bigger guy, those starts we were talking about last time will be huge. You'll enjoy that bit of extra power. I guess it sort of comes with challenges and a lot of those tighter MXGP circuits as well. But I guess you'll just relish trying to adapt to it and make it as smooth as possible. And I guess when does your pre-season fully kick into gear for you? Start ramping it up because building that base is just so important in the winter, isn't it? To build into the next season of racing, you got to get all that hard work, all that suffering and sacrifices about to be coming your way pretty soon, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I need to get get something together so I can do all that all that prep. But I got I got an enduro bike coming next week, actually. So I just like I just bought a Gas Gas 350 enduro and. Uh, yeah, so I'll start riding that thing in the snow here. <laughs> Might go down to Italy, ride a bit there. So, yeah, I will keep myself busy anyway. Uh, but, yeah, need to need to start the preparation soon for, for what's coming, especially moving up on a big bike. But, yeah, that would be good for me. Like you said, I'm a little bit bigger guy, like not that heavy, but like 75K, but it's still it's still hard to to get a 250 going if you're not on a factory bike you know so i feel like it's kind of maybe easier at least to compare the engines in the 450 class of course the factory bikes are still very fast and they got better ecus and all that but i think yeah i mean you have a lot more power to work with so i think yeah. maybe in the store it's more comparable or you can be more competitive in the starts with a privateer bike there yeah i think um with like technology nowadays and the the, ma- the amount of mapping you can just do on your phone with a standard ecu um on a 450 like if you just chuck a and it chuck, chuck a pipe on it maybe like a high compression piston there's very few people in the world that are uh, <clears throat> using a 450 to its fullest potential. So yeah, I think um, yeah, like you said, the the starts. I think you could be more than competitive on a, oh, not a bog standard bike, but <clears throat> something decent enough. I don't think even I don't think the factory bikes are necessarily making more power. They're just uh, obviously got the resources to for the to get the power where the rider wants it exactly and just make them i think comfort is a is a bigger factor on the 450 than the 250 whereas 250 is just get as much get as many horses out of the engine as you can and then we can work with the rest whereas i think uh yeah i think the 450 is you want to be comfortable and that allows you to uh to to ride it faster but that's just yeah uh, yeah overweight opinion (laughs) Yeah, I think so too. Uh, just, but I'm not sure about the starts though. How they do it? Like, for example, what what Prado's got for the start, or I don't know. It's just it's yeah. fast. I think <laughs> the fact fast. that he's about eight stone piss wet through probably <laughs> helps. <laughs> yeah. Also, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to compete with that. Yeah, yeah, there's not a lot you can do about genetics, really. How, but how maybe you could, maybe you could chop you off a leg. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that'd be something. 
What's your take quickly on Prado doing the Supercross, mate? Do you reckon that's pretty cool to bring that attention, I guess, to MXGP? And I suppose it's a bad for the series in a lot of ways to lose another guy because obviously, you know, it's kind of the goal for a lot of these dudes to go to America. Obviously, you've got the Coonan brothers will be on the way. DeWolf wants to go. Someone like Ben Estant, Rossi, they're all pretty keen for it. And Prado is obviously particularly high profile, just winning the MXGP title, then going to do some testing. So what's your take on all that? Yeah, I think it's sick. I think it's the right decision. Like, why not? I, at least give it a go and, and try it out. I mean, it's a pretty cool thing with the arenas and, and all that. And yeah, just how you ride a Supercross it looks amazing. I would love to. I would love to give it a go as well. Like anywhere, like to some Supercross, it would be pretty cool. It's just a shame how the season went this winter with all the injuries in America. Yeah, obviously Talviku, yeah. I just did a podcast with him the other day and he's gone over there with the team. So that's pretty cool. He doesn't have too much experience, but it shows obviously he did those AMA nationals. It shows they're obviously looking for riders all the time, all these various teams. So I guess there's always opportunities around the corner as well, like some of the guys doing the Canadian stuff like Lars Van Berkel. It's pretty cool that depending on how things work out, it'd be pretty cool to race an AMA national or do some Canadian rounds next year too, wouldn't it, mate? Uh, yeah, that would be a cool thing too, definitely. Uh, that's uh, that's one way to start riding supercross as well, uh, and um, yeah, get over get over there. Uh, what did Tauvika say? Is he riding supercross this winter? Yeah, he's starting off in arena cross, so he's just literally started practicing in the last couple of weeks, going over there with the team Creo, and then yeah, he plans on doing that, and then East supercross. So. He's just started hitting the whoops and getting used to all the suspension, the transitions, the bike. So it's actually pretty interesting to learn all about it. But he just, yeah, they saw him racing those nationals over the last couple of years. And yeah, we're happy to give him a chance. And yeah, I think a lot of new stuff, you know, everything's new, the life, the bike, the team, teammates, environment, food. So yeah, I think he's just looking forward yeah. to it. And it should be pretty interesting that arena cross will certainly be an eye-opening one because they don't mind sending it in there for the money. Those dudes, they're just brutal. So those tight tracks should be an interesting initiation. But I suppose that'd be something you'd be pretty interested in doing too, I guess, if you had the chance. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm down for a lot of things. Uh, I'm open to try try a lot of stuff. I, I could go anywhere and race, really. But yeah, of course, you're always motivated to do, especially GPs or like nationals. Or you, you want to race at the highest level. But sometimes you need to go another way to get there, you know. Uh, what did he say about starting starting to ride Supercross though? Uh, yeah, he said they've only got a really whoops and all. Yeah, he said just it's a really small track, like an arena cross style practice style track out in Kansas there. So he said it was sort of nothing too bad. Yet he felt pretty good. The actual whoop side of it is video of him going through them. So, uh, you know, they're not huge or anything, but it's like a little bit of a learning process. But he said he was quite happy so far for just like a handful of times on the bike. And yeah, it's just got to get used to that suspension. I think it's going to be the main thing in the transitions and the steepness. And yeah, I guess it's that close combat racing because it's something else, isn't it? It's not like it's a big wide gate like motocross. Everything's just so new. So I think he's just going to have to find out the hard way, like, with everything you do, you know, you got to put yourself in the deep end and have a crack, isn't it, mate? Yeah, you never know. You never know. You can, you can, you can always fail uh, with everything you do. So why not just try whatever you feel like doing? You never know. It can end up really good. So, yeah, I think he's doing a good thing there. Mm. Sure. Do you think, uh, do you think, I feel like Prado is, is going to do a couple of supercrosses this year or next year, sorry. He seems to be riding it like a lot, like 
from it being sort of like yeah, he's doing it this winter. Pardon? You think he's doing it this winter? Well, I, I, obviously they were saying he's going to go over and like try some supercross, see how he gets on. He might go there in twenty six, but like to me that was he was going to go do like a couple of days, see if he picks it up, and then. I don't know, you have some time off or start doing some outdoor stuff, but it seems like he's on it just like every day. Just like flat out on the supercross track. And I don't know. Get the get the impression okay. he's just gonna be like a, the first couple like Roxon did in twenty eleven and then come back to GPs unless he's like winning it. But I don't know. Just oh, that kind would of... be awesome. <laughs> don't know, I would just love kind of to see that. Impression. <clears throat> yeah, mean, maybe. He looks decent enough. For like, oh, for sure. I mean, not really ever having ridden it, not really ever hit whoops. I think, um, yeah, obviously, what we got two over two months still until until Anaheim won. I think, uh, yeah. I mean, I would sure, he would be all right. He would be good. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's an awesome rider. Uh, just. But it's, I mean, it's not going to win it, though, is it? The first couple of races. Not likely, but I don't know. <laughs> no, I don't think so. I wouldn't say so. He's good at the Especially start, with... and he's a fucking nightmare to get by by looks yeah. of it. <laughs> That's true, though. That's true, though. He will take every whole shot. Yeah. So, I don't know. Mm, I could definitely... Right. I, yeah, I mean, I could definitely but see... No, him. he might... I think he might get a podium on mm. a good day in the beginning, like if he would just go and do Supercross like right now. Yeah. I don't know how much he's done before. I don't think he's done much before he came there now. <laughs> no. Yeah, I think um, obviously A1's usually a bit more tamed down as it's the first round. They don't want to write everyone off straight away. So, <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. I just... Uh, Obviously, Roxon did it in 2011 and came back and did the GPs, I guess. If if he's intended on going there in 26, which looks pretty set in stone, I don't see uh, what the harm is. Obviously, getting injured would be the, the harm, but I suppose you can get injured. Yeah. You can get injured walking across the street, so... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like Jeffrey said. Do you have any plans to go to A1, mate? Or have you ever been before? You know, it'd be a pretty awesome experience. Obviously, this year, especially on top of what Brad was just saying, you know, the Lawrence brothers will both be 450s. You'll have Tomac, Sexton on the KTM, AP, AC, Anderson, Webb, Christian Craig, Mookie. Like, it's just absolutely stacked, Dean Wilson. Like, even getting in the main events, pretty brutal. So, just your thoughts on actually going to A1. Have you been? And how awesome would it be to go there? Because the 2024 season is going to be absolutely brutal, isn't it? I haven't even mentioned Ken Roxon in there too. So for Anders, who knows what he's doing? So it's just the depth is incredible, isn't it? Oh, yeah. That would be cool to watch. Yeah, it would be pretty pretty nice to go over there and have a look. Uh, when is the first race? First week uh, of January, isn't it? Yeah. Right, so the... right. Yeah. Right, yeah. Yeah, I'll have to see what I'm doing then. I don't know yet. That should be good. Who do the guys you look up to most in America and just, you know, enjoy watching the most, you know, just seeing all the things they do on the bike. Obviously, there's so much talk about Jet Lawrence with, you know, the head positioning, the body positioning, you know, the way he attacks different sections and just his balance and stability on the bike, how he's just so connected and really looks like he's not trying like a 
poetry in motion kind of thing. So you know, I was talking to Spees last week and he was saying, yeah, you can try and replicate it, but you really, it's just like he's a, just a pure talent. You know, it's so hard to do all that stuff and the strength you need to do that stuff. You can't just say, you know, teach your kids how to do that. It's not really that easy. There's so many building blocks and fundamentals that need to be instilled before you can get to that level, isn't there, mate? So just your take on Lawrence and some of the guys you enjoy watching particularly. Yeah, I mean, isn't that what Deegan said too? Like, you, you can't really change your style into another rider style. Like, you can't just ride like Jet and it's going to work out for you. So, uh, and I believe in that theory too. But you can definitely look at well, basically everything he's doing and try maybe and see if it works for you because it just looks awesome. But I think I look more maybe at Prado. Uh, at the GP just because I don't know it's just so nice to watch just goes out there in the front and it looks like everything he's doing he's got so much time to do it you know coming into corners breaking it never looks like he's stressed or you know like he's breaking too late or anything it just looks like he's got a lot of time and it's pretty much the same with Jet so but maybe Jet's a bit more special with his technique. Uh, I mean, he's just unbelievable, but I love watching Prado. But also, I like to watch like Borsia, for example, to mix it up, something completely different, just aggressive and just, yeah, just yeah. raw, like cool stuff. Slapping. I like that too. I like that, just like sending it, <laughs> taking a <laughs> yeah. chance, taking, taking the risk. Uh, like two two different riding styles. Uh, I think it's pretty cool to kind of look at both of them, kind of mix it up a little bit. Like you want to ride safe and nice, but you also want to be able to just go a bit crazy sometimes, you know? Yeah. It's almost like you watch people like uh, like Barsha and Deegan and Tomac and you <clears throat> you can kind of like, you can see why they're going fast. Like they're just hitting everything, just wide open, slamming into the berms, just throttles on. They're just hanging off the back of the thing, scrubbing the things hard. And then with Jet, you're kind of just trying to figure out where what he's doing to just why is he 12 seconds in front and he's just on the pegs. But it's, it's, I don't know, you watch him, it's like he's just bored and he's just trying to do things to entertain himself. But <laughs> he obviously makes it work. <laughs> But um, yeah, it, it, like you said, it's just it's like watching Jeffrey in the sand. It's just uh, he's he's not just slamming everything harder than everyone else. He's like doubling bumps, tripling bumps, wheel tapping things like like the power and finesse, isn't it? Yeah, like people obviously caught on to it. Like now, it's not as a a bigger gap as what it was back in sort of like twenty twelve, twenty thirteen when he's literally lapping the entire field but it's still yeah just like a, obviously something this been instilled in him since birth pretty much i guess growing up on tracks like Lear up and Lomwell, you um you pick up a thing or two oh definitely can imagine um Shit. what's that what's do you, obviously you don't really have anything sorted for next year but do you have a are you are you gonna do a stint down in uh, in Belgium like Lomol and hit all those tracks, or are you gonna uh, sort of follow the sunshine? 
Yeah, I follow the sunshine. That's what I'm doing. Uh, well, now I'm just following the snow or the cold. I don't know what I'm doing really, but and the darkness. Yeah, uh, but the, <clears throat> no, I don't know what I'm doing uh, this winter really because I just need to, I need to need sort like my my plans out, uh, decide what I'm gonna do, and uh, then I can plan after that. Uh, but like I said. Uh, uh, I just ordered an enduro bike, so uh, I'll start riding some, and then yeah, yeah, maybe I'll go test with a test with a team or something, do do some stuff like this before I decide. Oh. Uh, if free uh, spirit, if I'll just do what I want. <laughs> yeah, if you're interested, there's a practice day at Monster Mountain in two weeks' time. Oh, is it? You're keen for that. Isaac actually doesn't mind Monster Mountain, you were saying, oh, didn't you, mate? Whereas Brad's not a fan, so have the battle now, mate. Speak your case on Monster Mountain. <laughs> yeah, true. I, I heard a lot of bad stuff about that place. But, yeah, the last race there was pretty good. It was all right. I think it was not too bad. Like, I wasn't That's maybe good. riding very good, but I think the track was really good. Really? A lot, like, not really good, but... It was challenging. Like we had a lot of ruts, and it was technical. And I remember Tommy was really good there in the ruts. I thought it was a bit difficult. Uh, yeah. Like. You uh, wrap the title yeah. up. There. Does that? Does that? that kind of? I said you obviously wrap the title up there. So does that kind of uh, sway sway your decision? Not What's really, that? because I I I had a pretty bad day. <laughs> to be honest, I mean already in the time qualifying but yeah the track was flat but i was pretty slow yeah I was like, all right i need to focus for the start and start crash first moto terrible yeah. and uh, and it was a mother like it was a proper mother yeah. race that first yeah. moto. The first the first half of the track is actually all right it's not too bad it's the the tight bit in that stupid little dragon's back um <laughs> I don't know what they if they changed much for the for the British, but when I went there, people were coming out that corner before the dragon's back, hitting that tabletop, just hooking third, fourth, and just straight down the side of the dragon's back. Oh just right, not even, <laughs> just not even just off the track, hooking gears. It's only in the UK though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but I, yeah, I don't think it was like that now. No, it was. It, no, I, it was. It was hard, I do it, but I can. I get it. it. When it's flat, it's yeah, it's shit. I mean, I, I do slate it. Um, there are better tracks in the UK, but the actual track itself isn't that bad. Just the area, the fact that you're up in the sky, and like the yeah. the the mud in the pits is like, it's like you touch it and everything is just instantly black. Yeah. It's not yeah, there a... is better places. I think my yeah. favorite is Canada Heights, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. But again, that's yeah, that's my favorite. That's a tough track to pass. Canada Heights. Like, yeah. Yeah. I think lots of sort of yeah. dying right inside. Not a lot of um, yeah, true. It's not a lot of passing. Out. Same like Fox Hill, but just right like well. Fox is the second best track in the UK. The best track. Second best. <laughs> Marshfield is the best track. 
Marshfield's the best track. That's it. I've done more days there than any other track in the UK. Yeah. Training with Steven. Yes. Training yeah. with Steven Sword. Yeah. That's because he knows how to build champions at Marshfield. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. Even Carmichael's rode Marshfield. <laughs> yep. There you go. Yes. No, that's awesome, mate. Just looking at your year as a whole, I guess, what would you say the highlights and I guess the low points are obviously winning the British Championship. Congrats on that again, mate. Awesome effort. I guess there's been so much turbulence, so many ups and downs, but I guess you look back on it now, you're pretty happy and satisfied with how it's all gone and how you've overcome the adversity and the setbacks that have been thrown at you pretty much since the start of the year. Yeah, I mean, it's been, the, the year's gone by pretty fast because I've been, I feel like I've been fighting like all year from from the start of the year when, when Hitachi closed down in February and I was in Belgium there without a team or anything and I missed the start of the GPs. Like since then I've been just fighting and organizing and fixing and try and traveling and trying to get everything together. And uh yeah, considering that, I think it's been quite all right. Like, yeah. I've had a little bit ups and up and downs, but yeah. Not nothing too bad, like no injuries really. Uh nothing like that. So I've just been doing a lot of racing and Managed to get the British title. That was a big thing for me. And I got to show my show myself a little bit a couple of times at the GPs. Like I was fourth in Latvia at the, no, uh, in Czech Republic in the quali race there. And yeah, then obviously leading 20 minutes in Turkey. And that, that was a nice one. It's, yeah, it's the only time I've been leading that many laps. So... Yeah, I definitely had some good races anyway, and I'm just happy for that. That I was able to get back to that level and show that a couple of times again, uh, even though I missed the whole winter really with the preparations and stuff. So, uh, no, no, it's all right. I, I wish for a lot more. I was hoping for a lot more than that uh, before the team closed down. Like, uh, I felt like I should have should have done a lot better <clears throat> results at the GPs, but just considering everything that happened, that's, I think that's, that's natural. Yeah, that's fair Is enough, there... mate. So much instability going in, it doesn't make the ideal preparation. Like, you know, a lot of these dudes are already sorted and have months of work in, and then something like that gets thrown at you. So considering, mate, I think you should be pretty happy with your efforts, you know, deserve a lot of respect for fighting on through it and just pushing yourself. So, I guess onto the tracks in MXGP, what were your favourites? Obviously, we've spoken about Britain. What were your favourites in MXGP? You know, a lot of dudes I've spoken to, they didn't like those really tight tracks like your Swedens, your Vantas, your Arnhems. They still made some pretty good racing a lot of the time, but there's just a lot of conversations about the tracks and how tight they are and how hard they are to pass. And then the other side of the coin is you guys want to be challenged. You're the best in the world, so you want to have to face everything thrown up, but just your overall take on the tracks and some of your favorites and some of the ones you didn't like. Uh, yeah. Uh, like Sweden, I, I thought was, I like the track and I, I feel comfortable on it. And obviously it's my home GP, but how it turned out on the Sunday there was not very good. Uh, Cause yeah, it's just, you couldn't, you couldn't pass uh, at all. Really. It was just one line, but that was a lot of, yeah. 
because of the weather yeah. and the conditions. Like it turned out one line, but otherwise on Saturday it was at least better. Like you might get a bit one line anyway, but I think it rides pretty nice. Uh, yeah. But then you had like um, RM Lomo. Lomo this year was not very good. Uh, How to get the floor? Well, at least I, I didn't like it. Uh, yeah, it was too tight. Like it, too much 180 corners. Like you just, if you feel like you stop and you go and you stop and you go kind of thing. It's not the flow that you want. And Arnhem was also, Arnhem was rough, really rough. Like it was, it was hard on you. So uh, then they keep trying to change the layout at Lommel. Like every year, it's like a different layout. I, mean, I get like it's, <clears throat> keeps things keeps things interesting, but I don't know. I feel like uh, the track was sort of the its best sort of back in I don't know the early twenty tens, like twenty eleven, twenty twelve. Uh, <clears throat> just seemed to have like a good flow about it. Like you said, it looks. The last couple of years looked real tight, like yeah, like a lot of one eighties, short little straights. Um, whereas back then it just seemed a lot more flowy and not enjoyable to ride, but less miserable. Yeah, I think this year was the worst. This year was the worst for me there, definitely. Uh, it's been better before, mm. uh, but we we've, we've had a lot of good tracks as well. Uh, Matley was nice this year. Yeah, Matley was pretty really cool. Good. It was cool. Uh, could have been a little bit more ruts maybe. Um, like a bit softer, it, it turned out pretty hard in the end, if I remember right. Yeah, I think it's. Uh, <laughs> I think they. I don't think they wanted to rip it too much in case it just absolutely hammered it down. Which obviously, being the end of September was a pretty good possibility. And the ground yeah. is kind of naturally <clears throat> quite stony and hard there anyway. But I mean. It looked decent enough. I like. I quite like it when there's not loads of rides. It makes for good racing. You can square people up, and you're not sort of just governed by like three or four ruts in the corner. You can get a bit sort of experimental with it. As a yeah, that's a pretty good that's in the two fives. Yeah, yeah, and then I think Turkey was pretty good too. Uh, I yeah yeah I had a decent motor there, but I think the track was. I like that track. Also, since before, like, I had one track that I would not like to ride was Kegums in Latvia. Does not appeal to me one bit. Looks overly fast in some places, really square, edgy, like, yeah, not fun to ride one bit. It gets very sketchy that one, always. Yeah, but it kind of. uh, like the me. racing is all right there though. Like, yeah, racing is all right. You can pass and stuff. Fast cat. Yeah, but the grind I'm is similar. To that one. It. Yeah. Is it? Yeah, it could be, but I I haven't been to fast cat. Oh, you didn't do the British there. You already injured. No, I missed it last year. Oh, yeah, it was awful. <laughs> yeah, what, what awful? What's it? Oh God! It was like twenty-five degrees. There was not a there was not a drop of water inside, and <clears throat> the track was basically just a big square. It was um, 
<laughs> yeah. Well, kind of two squares that joined in the middle. It was a lot of um left-handers. It was, uh, yeah, kind of like a scale electrics track that you'd build when you're eight. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's not great. Uh, but yeah, speaking of tracks, we had a pretty rough one in France as well this year. Mm. was a lot of talking about that track, especially on the Saturday, I think. Uh, is that when Diago crashed on Saturday? Yep. Yes. Yeah, yeah, the ruts were unbelievable. I've never seen anything like that, really. The track looked cool, though. It looked like a cool, like a cool track. Oh, it was, but... yeah, it was pretty sick. Just yeah. some of the downhills were almost scary actually like yeah. yeah you're trying you're trying to jump up them and then it's just rust everywhere and you just hold on <laughs> uh, but then yeah they fixed it a bit for sunday so it was a lot better then because yeah there was a lot of crashes there though some i think ferrato and guadagnini had massive ones too didn't they yeah ferrato guadagnini gert well, I guess looking to 2024, happened. mate, if you're in MXGP, you're excited at the prospect of racing. Some of those guys we've just spoken about, Hurlings, Geyser, Fevra, Prado, Jeremy Sewa, Fernandez, Koldnoff, Philandron on the factory bike. Obviously, Ferrato will be switching teams too. So how does all that, mate? Does that intimidate you, excite you, or a bit of both? No, it, it, it excites me. Uh, I look forward to, to riding with the, with the big boys, like, you know, feeling like you're you're one of the younger guys again. I like that feeling. So that would be nice. And also I feel like, yeah, like Vlanderen and Ferratu, uh, also Tom Koch, uh, some riders, they, they've been doing really good results, actually. Even Oslin. Uh, Your mind. Uh, yeah, and yeah, for sure. Oslin also. So, yeah, I feel like there's, uh, there's possibilities to, to do some good results. Uh, if you if you have the opportunity or if you have the right stuff and if you have a good winter, good preparation, nah, it be would be cool. It'll kind of be good to have a little battle and a race within a race with some of the other guys stepping up from MX2, like Kevin Horgmo, Pansar and Van der Moosdijk, mate. So that's kind of something you'll probably be looking forward to, just testing yourself against those guys because the step really is massive, isn't it? Like the AMX 250 to MX2 step, like we see in France with Zanke and Rossi doing so well, the gap's not as massive, but the MX2 to MXGP step, especially if not on factory material, it's massive, isn't it, mate? Yeah, yeah, I think it is. I think you're right. So, yeah, you, you really want to look at the other riders stepping up and, and battle battle against them especially those who are not factory riders. So how many are we actually having to move up? Like Kevin, Banker, Rowan, and most I, me, Gertz or not? Oh, Yago, yeah. yeah. It's kind of different. Yago. He's just straight factory, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he should do pretty so, well, I reckon. Have, uh, Yamaha just got the um, just got Beniston and Elzinger. And Bonacorsi. Oh, I'm Bonacorsi, yeah. That should be pretty yeah, good. Who do you think wins the titles in MXGP and MX2, Isaac? Who have you got? I guess it's going to be pretty interesting in MX2. Obviously, the, the MXGP one's going to be stacked, but MX2 is pretty open now. Obviously, Adamo got the job done. Yago's leaving. You've got Simons probably heading in as the favourite. Then Everts, Benestant, DeWolf, Coonan Brothers, I guess Bonacorsi, Elzinger, all these guys. It's going to be pretty stacked, isn't it, mate? So be pretty interesting racing. It should be pretty, you know, comparable, I guess, in America and in MX2. You know, who knows who's going to win each week and it's going to be all over the shop, isn't it? 
yeah, MX2 is impossible to get. Uh, I got no idea. No idea. I mean, there's so many good riders there. I feel like they all could win when you look at it. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I guess it'll be one of the factory riders, but there, there's many of them. Uh, it, it will be interesting to see. I think MXGP is more of, I guess, hurling, maybe. A bit of a question mark right, right now, maybe. But, I mean, if he's there, he, he, will be, he will be winning. So, you know what it's like. And then Febre, obviously, it's been pretty close now. But... Yeah, I'll be thinking about how consistent Prado has been. Probably got a couple more titles in him. I mean, he's just never, just never crashing or never getting yeah. injured. Really, I think those Saturday races really help him as well. Just uh, yeah, twenty minutes, he gets the start, and it's like uh, <clears throat> so it's like ten points straight in the bank straight away. And if ever and her yeah. is a sort of like fourth, fifth, he's like got three points on them straight away. So it's uh yeah yeah I think they definitely yeah I mean that's one thing. Uh, if Prado can keep his starts like he's got him now, if they can keep that same advantage, uh, whatever he's got to do with, I mean obviously he's skilled. So uh, if the other guys can like get to his level at the start, then he'll probably win another title. But if he starts like starts out in fifth and stuff a lot more, it will be maybe a different story. Because he's not coming through the field like February is. No. He doesn't really crash much either, does he, or have any big ones. <laughs> so he's always there every week just picking up points no matter what, isn't he? He's obviously Renault and her, yeah. all these guys, guys that had issues, whereas he just turns up every week and gets the job done. Yeah, yeah, that's a big advantage because season is so long. Yeah, mate, absolutely. Yeah. And I guess before we wrap this one up, lads, just any final thoughts and anyone you want to shout out to to finish the season, mate? So, yeah, I guess start with you, Isaac. So, yeah, been a pretty solid 2023, mate. So just tell us what your plans are for the off-season in terms of, you know, holidays, having breaks, bit of fun, and then... Yeah, we'll look forward to hearing any news on 2024 when it comes. Uh, yeah, uh, no, obviously I would like to thank everyone who's helped me this year, uh, this special year, putting everything together, uh, stabbings and 46 Motorsports, uh, Bike Shirt, Technical Solution, WP. Um, yeah. And then we also have, yeah, VHR, obviously, uh, on the GP side of it, and it's just been it's been a lot of people involved this year. Uh, it's been uh, it's been a mess really, but a good mess. Uh, so yeah, and and uh, Steven Sword also. Uh, no, I'm just very very thankful for for everything and for everyone who's helped me out. Because um, yeah, otherwise <clears throat> yeah, I don't know what I would have done. Probably nothing. So and now I'm now I'm here. So that that's all right. And uh, yeah, uh, throughout the winter, I hope I sort out uh, a decent deal for the next year. So have some good plans, uh, some some motivating stuff to do. 
and uh, like a big winter of preparation ahead of me. That's what I really like to do since I missed it last year, which are where I didn't really do much at all. And uh, yeah, normally I want to go on a cycling trip a couple of weeks, like boot camp cycling and stuff. So yeah, something like that. But right now I just got to sort out 2024 as the priority right now, I feel like. Yeah, awesome, mate. All the best with everything. And definitely thanks for taking the time. And any final thoughts from you, Brad? Um, <clears throat> no, not really. Uh, just, um, yeah, I guess everyone's just waiting now for uh, A1. I mean, we've uh, I've got a, uh, a meeting with the guys at Fox over here next week. Uh, gonna get out and test the new V3 they've got out. So um, yeah, that will be up on MX Vice website in the coming weeks, hopefully. So that'll be good. Uh, <clears throat> and yeah, obviously thanks to MX Vice as well and Eva Strokes, uh, and Big Man James for um, letting us do this every week. So it's um, but yeah, I think most people now just wait for that first gate drop. I guess obviously we've got Paris as well and world supercross and aussie yeah. supercross there's a little bit to keep us going <laughs> yeah there's a few little things keep us sticking over which is nice so um yeah abu dhabi next weekend i think isn't it so um yeah there's a few things we can talk about all that so yeah be good look forward to catching up again soon lads and yeah all the best with everything and just before we let you go we'll thank those sponsors in fly racing monster energy fox parts europe scott bell helmets cherbies aso performance Kawasaki UK, KTM UK, O'Neill, and of course, even Strokes for all their incredible support. As without them, there is no us. All right. Thanks again, lads. And we look forward to catching up soon. Appreciate Cheers, it. Guys. Thanks for having me.